This episode of Lightning Strikes Thrice is brought to you by our incredible patrons, patrons like Laura and John. If you want to help us keep making the show like they do, you can visit pitchdrop.cash and contribute as little as a buck a month. We really appreciate it. listening to lightning strikes thrice the jrpg games club podcast that seals your power when you listen to it this is season 9 episode 14 covering the final side quests and ultimecia's castle in final fantasy 8 for the ps1 i am your host matt marcus and my pronouns are he him and with me today is Sybil arnett she her ryan Beatty, they them all right someone tell me what happened last time okay squall decided to buck up and saved renoa from her shrink wrap fate they then made a promise that should they lose each other, they would meet up at the flower field by Adea's house. I'm sure they'll never lose each other and have to use that. That's such a weird promise. <laughs> Seeds then fly to Esthar and learn that Laguna is inexplicably the president of Esthar and that he owes Squall a lot of child support. He has hatched a plan. In order to slay Ultimacia in the future, they will have to allow time compression to occur and use the memories of their bonds as friends so they don't get lost within time. The crew then... Breach Lunatic Pandora, beat down Cypher to end the disc a third time, but not mm. before he offers Renoa up to the awakened Adele as a junction. I don't know how that works, but whatever. <laughs> we beat her. Alone does her time thingy on Renoa. Time compression begins. The team then find themselves at the end of time with a floating gothic castle in front of them. So... Before we head to the final dungeon, there are a few mm-hmm. loose ends to clean up. We mentioned in the previous episode that all of the towns uh, cannot be re-entered, but that does not mean that all of the side quests are inaccessible. It's just that time compression has created uh, a series of energy rings around everything in the world map that we can't go back to. We could have done these final side quests uh, before heading to Lunatic Pandora, but they are still available now uh, on disc four. Uh, but first, we have to uh, find the Ragnarok again in time compression zone. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, uh, Encounter Nun it once again becomes MVP of of this uh, of this game because this would mm-hmm. be so horrific to do if I was also getting into random battles the whole time. But in the front of the team is a gigantic chain that leads up to the castle. But on the way there, there are three stone arches that will warp us back to three different spots on the world map. The one we want is in the middle, which drops us on the northern center continent. Um, you can kind of, if you don't know which one is right, you can kind of like go back to the to the world map and see your like blinking red Ragnarok dot and be like, okay, mm-hmm. which one is closer and not across a vast body of water? Um, only a small one. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the three warp points here are kind of weird because two of them are in Centra and then one of them is just on a beach up by like above Esthar or something mm-hmm. or like closer to where like Trabia is. It's a very weird spot. I don't know what the point of that one is. Laguna uh, wants to take a break. Yeah. <laughs> just a beach episode. He just wants to chill out. 
Well, funnily enough, Laguna is gone. He is not around during time compression. Yeah, the, the interesting thing here is that we are we are in a partial time compression. Like it is not completely done, which is why we'll like for instance, we're going to run into the CC group again. Supposedly, if we had taken enough time, everyone would just start disappearing because they can't, ex- you know, because compression would complete and then everyone would not be able to exist. Matt, I have a question for you. Yeah. Which is, why do you think that Laguna would think enough about Squall to get dragged into this mess? <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, okay, here's the thing. LNA must be able to send Laguna back to the past in Squall's memory in order to saw, see that he was Rain's kid, right? Like, that mm-hmm. is a thing that could happen. We mm-hmm. don't see that happen on camera, but we Elaine knows we, what's going on here. We do see, we do see Laguna doing some time compression-related stuff at the very end, so he gets sucked into time compression eventually. Well, I, I thought that that was just like the epilogue, like after everything unspooled. Well, no, because he's, I mean, he's like seeing his memories in front of him all of a sudden. Oh, I just thought that was a flashback in his head. He was just reminiscing. But anyway, we can, that's next episode. We're, yeah. we're not going to get there. Anyway, so yeah, to get the Ragnarok back, uh, we go to the uh, middle warp point and we end up in the northern part, like the big northern chunk of Sentra. And we need to go to a chocobo forest. There's one all the way up in the top right corner. You can't see it from, you know, being on land because it's literally tucked away. Like you have to really, it, it, it's literally called the the forest of solitude. It's in the middle of fucking nowhere. You might've seen it if you were flying around or uh, using Balam Garden. But anyway, you go there and uh, you get a chocobo. You win a chocobo. Thankfully, this is one where you only have to find one chocobo before you can call the big guy down. So it's not a big deal. Uh, um, except it is a big deal because this is the one forest where it's like the tiniest, tiniest little window of space. As a person who did all of the chocobo oh, really forests, oh, this okay. is the one that actually gave me the most trouble because the the spot on the map is like minuscule compared to the context sensitive spots on the other okay. chocobo forest maps i got a first time skill issue i guess <laughs> f <laughs> no <laughs> yeah no it's it's apparently a very tight window but thankfully you only have to do it once if you had to do it like two or three times and you would screw up like it would this would be awful mm-hmm. right now it's just mildly inconvenient but anyway you get a chocobo and you have to use the chocobo to cross the water to the lower major continent of Centra. And I didn't even realize that you could do this because I know that like there's the lighter parts of the ocean. And then there's, I guess, a middle part of the ocean you could still cross on a chocobo. And then there's the deep ocean, which you can't cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, you can you're, you're basically just walking across the water. It is funny, though, uh, if you uh, stop walking, uh, you start to sink. I don't know if you like stop running completely if you just die. <laughs> I haven't tested That's it. That's cute. But uh, That's yeah, very yeah, cute. Yeah, in the deeper water, uh, the chocobo does start to sink down when you stop moving. But anyway, you end up in the uh, the desert area, and and one part of the desert that's where the Ragnarok is. So you have the Ragnarok back. You can fly anywhere again. And when you get on board, this is where if you finish the. Uh, the card club group quest, 
they're on the ship now and uh, they're all in different places. All of them are there. You can even play Quistus again. And this is where if you are being like like capital S sicko on this game, this is where you're going to play a lot of cards because you can get every rare card in the game. Although it is weird because there's one specific one and it is the left girl of the Princess Diamond duo who will actually have the Queen of Cards bonus cards. You can also play the Queen of Cards. She's around. She's hanging out at the, um, uh, like the Lunar Pod Escape Pod. Wait, wasn't um, that Quistus? No, Quistus is the no. King of Cards. Quistus was the king. Fucking hell. No, the, the, the <laughs> Queen of Cards is a character who is not related to the, to the queen who is, uh, Sue is the queen, mm-hmm. Sue, whatever the name was of, uh, of the group. Right, because Queen of Cards isn't a part of Bound Garden, so. <laughs> but yeah, you, you could go find the Queen of Cards. Don't do that. You don't need to do that. Interestingly, like each one of these um, people you can play are using the rules of a different continent. So if you want to use a particular rule set that you know is like not awful because you manipulated the rules or whatever, uh, you can play that person. But if you want to get like the Kiros card or whatever, you have to play this one specific girl. And God, the, the rules like on how they select the rare cards that show up is also like esoteric as shit because it's like tables or groups of cards that rotate between the different members every time you challenge somebody or something. So <laughs> it really is you, you, you park against one person, you keep going until you get a card you want, but they'll they'll most likely play a rare card every time, which is which is good. So yeah, if you really want, like the only reason why you would really want to do this though, unless there's a specific one that you really are looking for to like maybe do like a, get some extra like adamantine or something. This is really just so that you can kit out every single character with a GF set, like a junction set that has like a good complement of abilities. Because if you take whatever GFs you have and just split them up, you're going to have like pretty weak like, you know, pretty limited characters. The thing is, the game never tells you to do this. We find out that it's useful potentially to do this, but the time tax is like really, really big. So like, I, I'd never bother with that. Yeah. Yeah. I found out (laughs) about that. (laughs) Are you trying to tell me that the card club is not on the Ragnarok if you didn't do the card club quest though? They're not supposed to be there. No. Okay, okay well, I mean, I, d- I did the card card club quest, and so they were I there. I didn't see I them, just... but I wasn't wandering around the ship much. Okay. If because, they're on the um, ship, uh, you get a cutscene where you see Sue, and she says, oh, hey, we're yeah. here. Yeah. Then, no, I just, I just didn't the, get that. The, yep. re- the reason I asked is because all the towns are gone, and because the Tonberry uh, shop skill does not include junk shops, if you wanted to upgrade weapons, mm. you need mm. Joker inside the Ragnarok, because he's the only junk shop left. And I was so thankful for him, because I was able or, to... Or, or you have Doom Train. Doom Train has the junk shop skill. Oh, I didn't... I didn't have Doom Train. Doom Train was the last one that I got. Uh, well, yep. Eden was the last one that I got. But yeah, Doom Train. Yeah. <laughs> fucking damn. Um, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. I did not know that. So I was very thankful for Joker because otherwise yeah. I would not have been able to get the last couple of ultimate weapons. And like, I know that ultimate weapons aren't that great, but they do provide some significant stuff. So, you know, shout outs to Joker. While we're on this topic, who designed the endgame to be 
please run around in circles getting back all of your commands and skills, and maybe you can use shops if you have the right ability for it. Fuck this! <laughs> the funny thing is that that kind of, it kind of plays uh, with the whole time compression thing, or it's just limits your no, options. No, fuck writing this off with some kind of narrative <laughs> conceit. Fuck you, you locked everything but attack, I couldn't use save points, and there are no shops unless I had an actual skill I brought in from the outside world. Or if you played a bunch of cards in a card side quest, you would have had yeah. a, a shop. Horse to... shit. <laughs> this is, without a doubt, the worst hope you saw this coming, hope your friends warned you moment in a game full of them. Wait, though. Wait, though. Your your abilities aren't locked yet. Your abilities aren't locked until no, you actually go No, I'm just discussing inside. as the whole end game. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Since we had that whole you can't have shops thing. <laughs> yeah i honestly like i barely use shops but also the one thing i i didn't talk about, all right like i hinted at but didn't actually say but there is a um a oh god what'd you call it arbitrage uh loop you can do to give yourself infinite money mm. <laughs> uh which you don't really need because we said we never needed money but like that's pretty much the only thing i do with shops is like that or like buying tents to turn into kiragas early in the game <laughs> so i have a full complement of kiragas mm-hmm. yeah no there's a there's a lot yeah. of item shop manipulation that you can do to get yourself more powerful weapons through like mm-hmm. it essentially turns into like proto crafting trees at a certain point because it's like okay yeah. i card mod for this item and then i convert it to high level magic with this item and then like you can get you can get into the weeds and and yeah. have fun with it if you have that kind of gamer type if i yeah. want this, to do I mean, that the junk shop in Saga Frontier exists, or Kingdoms of Amalur exists, if I want to do fantasy mechanics and uh, merchantry. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I, did, I think in, like at this stage, my my magic stock is just so full that I don't need items for anything, except except for, of course, you know, abusing invincibility, which I am going to bring up several times this episode. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, there are three small islands uh, in the game, which is the uh, the official uh, here's where to power level areas. There's nearby where you get the Ragnarok. There is an island which you may have seen uh, a little Cactuar image uh, bopping around on it. And that is Cactuar Island. You go there, you fight some Cactuars, you get 20 AP apiece. They run away like metal slimes. Squall's great because he hits 100% of the time. Like he, he never misses unless he's blind. So like you'll kill at least one every fight. So that's 20 AP. You can farm up, you know, 1,000 HP or 1,000 AP very quickly, which is a way like, especially when you're picking up late game GFs, if you're doing like, a, you know, this last sweep, you can get all the skills you want very quickly by doing this. I'm glad this is here. So on Cactuar Island, there's that little uh, little guy going around on the map. Jumbo Cactuar is an enormous Cactuar with a pencil mustache. Its main threat is that instead of the standard 1,000 needles attack, it can do the 10,000 needles attack, which is guaranteed death to a single character. Renzo Kukin will always do 7 hits here, and Jumbo Cactuar has unique animations in response to it, which are very cute. I did not see Mm -hmm. these. 
Like it dances around uh, and like flips upside down and stuff. It's very fun. Nice. Once you beat it like Tonberry, it will shrink to normal enemy size, lose the mustache, and join you. Its summon attack isn't really worth using. It's the needle attack that's 1,000 damage for every 10 of Cactuar's levels, so eventually you can get it to the point of being similarly potent. But it has some powerful abilities. For power leveling, it has four bonus skills, Strength, Mag, Vitality, Spirit, and HP. That's five. Sorry, five. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> HP. Because <laughs> you can only put four on at a time, so I only think about four. Got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's also got the rare Ava J, Luck J, Ava 30, and Luck 50 skills. It has the battle commands Defend and Kamikaze, which are two things I'm definitely going to use. Oh, wait, no, I need to. <laughs> and it also has initiative, which is handy. This dude fucks. <laughs> yeah. Um... I was so terrified of the 10,000 needles attack until I actually went and fought this guy. It's also, so the jumbo cactuar also just disappears. And so not only do you have to like find it on the map as it's running around, but then you also have to catch it before it, before it blinks out of existence again. And that's fun. But yeah, I was this, this guardian force ended up being kind of a pushover. It's like, okay, sure. It kills one guy at a time, but I, I have like 10 hero items and I also have Renoa's invincible moon. So that didn't really touch mm-hmm. me. It was chill. Yeah. I, I actually got owned by this guy, <laughs> which is very <laughs> funny because I went in with low, you know, I was switching my junctions around. And so I, I went in with everyone at low health and I got kerplunked to death <laughs> because he Oof. has a, like, he falls down and hits the whole party and it did like 600 damage. It kills everyone. <laughs> oh, rip. <laughs> and I'm like, oh fuck, I got it. And I, and I did it right after doing the, some of the story stuff from last episode and I hadn't saved yet. So I had to do it all again. <laughs> I was like, yep, you got me. You got me. By this point, because I avoided fights a lot, a lot less than, than you did. Um, Squall was already level a hundred and it, it, like my other wow. characters were anywhere between levels like 26 and 60, but Squall mm-hmm. was just at max level. This, this, this whole final, this whole disc four just max level the whole time. I was at 30 for Squall, like 31, 32, until, until I went to fight Ultima Weapon because mm-hmm. all of those mandatory fights ended up giving Squall 20 levels. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so everybody else can, like was like in like the high 20s or something, but Squall ended up in like around 50. I ended this game with my highest level being 23. <laughs> yeah, you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I definitely didn't avoid every fight that I could or like, you know, I didn't use the card command or break to like not get AP for regular battles, which is how you avoid that in, in like forced battles. But yeah, you I've finished this game at level seven. Like yeah. it's it's wild, but you could do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if I if I hadn't done that extra dungeon, I would have definitely or if I didn't do a specific do it in a specific way that we'll talk about, then I would have gotten to the end of the game at like level 30 ish for squall. And he was definitely 10 levels above everybody else. Jeez. I fought so much more than y'all did. My, my Uh play clock was also at like 60 some hours. So, Oh, mine was sub 30. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Damn. I have, I I love that. (laughs) I have more time on noted bad games, soul hackers two than I do on FF (laughs) eight. And we played FF eight for like four months, five months. Yeah. 
Yeah, I only uh-huh, just started uh-huh. Soul Hackers 2 two weeks ago. Incredible. Yeah, yeah, you could spend a lot of time in this game, or you could spend very little. It's just, it's wild how wide that swing is. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like, Ryan, you didn't do all most of the side quests. I mean, other than just playing a lot of cards. Right, yeah. Uh, I just, I... Yeah, as soon as soon as the random rule spread, I just stopped playing cards entirely. Yep. Yep. That's true. Yeah, I probably would have added before. a lot of time to my clock if I had done anything with the card system after the first hour. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, there are two more islands worth mentioning here. Um, it's kind of annoying because unless you have like a strategy guide or like you know look up the world map locations online, you can't tell what location you're on until unless you go into the menu. And they yeah. and they yeah. have very detailed location information in the menu. Uh, they have like uh-huh. hundreds of different sub location names on the world map. Uh, mm. And there's um, one island on the far west of the map, even though, you know, we're, it's not a flat earth. Um, so it's a globe. So but on the far west of the map, uh, there is. But yeah, like on the map the, when you flatten It's the a Taurus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> island closest to hell and then on the far in the northeastern corner there's the island closest to heaven so apparently heaven and hell are east and west in uh in in final fantasy 8 planet and they are both filled with level 100 endgame monsters and also chock full of secret draw points for the most powerful spells in the game so you you can just do some pixel hunting button mashing running all over the island uh drawing tons of ultimas and holies and meteors and full lifes if you so choose and plus your magic skill it might be high enough that like you're drawing eight to ten every time instead of like two to five and and it's nice that like if you're gonna do this or if you want to do this uh the they do uh you know like most draw points they do refill uh so if you go to one just clean it out go to the other one clean it out by the time you go back to the other one you can do it again yeah but yeah i think you still have to have move find on in order for Mm. these to work um yeah if you're looking for rare items to either convert into high level spells or um to round out your ultimate weapons um Definitely take mug off uh, of one of your characters because um, the things that you mug and the things that drop mm, yeah. are different, which what? was very oh, frustrating yeah. at a certain point because you can't mug the items that you need to to do all the stuff that I was trying to do. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, that's also it's also level gated. So like you have to be at a certain level for certain drops or, you know, it changes what what the drop is and what the steel is sometimes. Yeah. So you're telling me that monsters have a drop, a rare drop and a third stealable drop. Yes. Yep. But if you steal, they no longer have an item at the end of the battle. So you have yeah, to yeah. avoid Remove stealing in order to get the drop that you're looking for. Although sometimes the rare drop is the steal. It depends. It's sometimes. not, not all level 100. It's not. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, when you get level 100, it's different, yeah. It's one of those cases where, you know, you can get really screwed over by your level unless you're doing level up, level down, or you want a power level sometimes. Like, trying to get laser cannons or something out of enemies so that you can get pulse ammo is a huge pain in the ass if you're a low-level character. Yeah. A low-level party. I want to do it both a shout out and an anti shout out to the dozens of ways in which 
Final Fantasy VIII allows you to do degenerate play in ways mm -hmm. that both break the game and also make the game less fun. Uh, Shoutouts to Quistus's Degenerator Limit Break, uh, uh -huh. which is an instant kill uh, to a single target on basically any non-boss enemy. So you just keep Quistus with low health and put initiative on her, and uh, it becomes a boring win button. It's just another way that, like, cheesing an FF8 is extremely accessible, but also um, can be less fun. So this is how I did a lot of my farming, was just degenerator, degenerator, degenerator. And eventually I was like, oh, oh, it's the, the skill is called degenerator because it encourages degenerate play. <laughs> By this point, oh, I had boy. developed a skill that I call level all death. <laughs> which is a cheat yeah. engine command whenever I hit control mm -hmm. K that sets every enemy HP value to zero. Oh my God. So you're basically just not playing the game at this point. Some of these final bosses definitely deserved it. <laughs> oh, disagree, but we'll get into it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. The, the funny thing is, like, you use... I watched... You know, talk about degenerate play. I watched the most degenerate playthrough the other day, and I, I mentioned this in the Discord. Uh, so you can beat this game without junctioning at all, mm -hmm. which means the only things you can do in battle are attack and limit breaks. Oh, so and so the end game dungeon. If you fight nothing, or if you only fight one extra guy, yeah, it's. It's incredible that you could do that. It also looked really terrible to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it does involve using Degenerator to power level yourself to 100 at the end because you need a lot of health. Of course. God, I, I can't believe that that is possible. But yeah, you can play the entire game with only attack and limit break. Uh, wild. Okay, so uh, there is one, like unsignaled mega dungeon in this game and uh it's called the deep sea research center and we've heard vague things here and there about some like ancient wandering deep sea research center that has been looking for like an ultra powerful uh junction source uh basically and it i don't remember like which civilization it belonged to i don't remember who was galbadian or like you know it, it certainly doesn't look centrin but anyway Right, yeah, it was a mobile science lab that was researching Guardian forces and then fell into disrepair. Um, when you first enter, uh, you see a a tube pulsing with blue light and a voiceover. And I forget get, what it says. It's just inviting you to like, or basically telling you like, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, uh, inviting you to fuck off is powerful. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how vampires work. <laughs> yeah. Would you kind? Would you kindly? <laughs> Um, so the way that this works, which I did not realize is, so the light is pulsing and if you move while the light is on, it triggers an encounter that cannot be, um, overwritten by encounter none. And so if you don't pay attention to the pulse of the light, you just keep pressing to the right mm -hmm. and you just get a random encounter every like two steps. And then sometimes if you if you're super lucky you can get like four and a half steps before an encounter and it is nightmarish especially because like these aren't ultra hard enemies these are just regular random ass enemies and it's just a uh, time tax um and so 
the best way to do it, which I did not realize, is basically play red light, green light with the game. Mm-hmm. And I just like mashed to the right until I got <laughs> to the big chamber and fought like like fifteen to twenty different random encounters in this like one screen. F. I was like, I know. And this was before I remembered that there was another dungeon that opens up underneath. I thought that it was just this, and I was like, the one hidden dungeon they have in the game, and it's just a bullshit hard random encounter mm. gauntlet. Not a bullshit hard, a bullshit annoying random encounter and gauntlet. Cool. Cool game. Cool. Real <laughs> glad that I just did not realize the gimmick of this screen. I, I The thing is, it also fakes you out. Like, on the fade out, everyone's, like, pretty much 50% of the time, it'll, like, flash back up again. So it, it's, like, trying to catch you from moving too early. Oh, so you have like to squid be, game red really... light, green light. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So you really have to like if you're being very cautious, you can do one, maybe two steps each time, and it, jeez, it, it's tedious. But you're not at least fighting battles. Mm-hmm. Once you actually like get to this this pulsating light tube, um, you are asked three questions, and um, again, this is this is some shit. Um, after each <laughs> after each choice, you get to fight a ruby dragon. Uh, if you choose the wrong answer, though, you get warped back out of the screen and have to approach again, uh, which is especially bullshit for the final question. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the, these questions are, the first is, so you wish to challenge me? And if you choose, it is not our will to fight, you fight a ruby dragon. Then, uh, after that fight is over... It says, begging me for mercy, and if you answer never, then you fight a dragon, and if you choose the wrong thing, then uh, warp back out. And then finally, it says, damned imbeciles, why do you wish to fight? And there are two answers, and then a a, a blank space underneath it, and you have to go and, and choose that mm-hmm. third option down below, which uh, the secret answer is just, it is our nature to fight, which... <laughs> Okay, and then that triggers uh, a battle mm-hmm. with the boss Bahamut. It is extremely rude. <laughs> that that mm-hmm. last one's extremely rude. This whole fourth disc is extremely rude. <laughs> I like the final dungeon, so we're we're, we're going to get into it. Yeah, yeah. So Bahamut begins by saying uh, that, uh, "Hi, I am the GF Bahamut," and and Squall's like, "Oh no," <laughs> and. Uh, However, he fears humans because uh, they use GFs for their own ends. And so he's kind of fighting in self-defense here. And like in previous Final Fantasies, his main threat is the attack Mega Flare, which he will cast after a countdown, uh, which he spells as time goes on. These like um, spell countdown skills just become so incredible. Talk about rude. They, They become so fast if you have your battle speed set to max like I did. Just absolutely terrible how fast that these come up, especially uh, like I mentioned last episode, I got owned by uh, by one of the source like that last like bug sorceress because the five to one five to zero happened so quickly. I couldn't even like heal up my party. Uh, Bug sorceress is a powerful two word phrase, though. (laughs) I just thought it was a Pokemon class. (laughs) It should be right. But anyway, this attack. uh fucks your shit up uh it ignores your spirit stat completely so it's gonna hit hard no matter what your stats are you just gotta hope you have a lot of enough hp to weather it 
it's worth junctioning 100 stops to your status defense because it will cast stop on you, and that sucks, especially when you have a, you know, Mega Flare uh, breathing down your neck. But he's he's not that bad. You can blind him, and that, like, takes away a bunch of his attacks because he does attack physically. And so but he, this isn't too rough of a fight. But once you beat him, Bahamut says, have you seen the light? And then he uh, joins you. And apparently you have seen the light and then take it out of the tube because the tube doesn't light up anymore. So there you go. <laughs> he has some of the best abilities in the game. He has ability times four, which is, of course, you want that on everybody. Forbidden magic, refine, auto protect. And he is the second GF to have mug. And then he also has like the top stat boosting uh, abilities like strength plus 60 and magic plus 60. So like, yeah, he's very offensive. Uh, very <laughs> good uh, GF to have. He's yeah, you don't want to hear his stand-up set. He's performed at the Joe Rogan Comedy Club. <laughs> He's got opinions about humans you wouldn't believe. <laughs> I mean, like his little his little phrase there at the beginning where he's like, I fear that humans will use me is both true because he got like trapped in a tube in a research facility. And also, mm-hmm. once again, just really makes me wish that the metaphysics of Guardian forces were fleshed out at, at all because yeah. we just know that they, it's like. When enough of a certain kind of aspected magic gathers in a place, it gains sapience. But that's that's it. And otherwise, they're just tools uh, that that make us lose our memory. But yeah, this thing is like a living thing that does not want to be enslaved until it until we prove that we're worthy to enslave it. <laughs> it's not great. Bahamut's light meat versus dark meat set was the most downvoted video on Esthar uh, YouTube before they took downvotes away. <laughs> After the fight, you can climb down a vine to the facility itself because it turns out this place is more than one room long. This is a sort of puzzle dungeon where you have 16 units of steam energy you need to use, saving 10 to unlock the super boss. There are seven levels and levels three through five have three sectors within that require different steam costs. In order to get to the bottom with enough power, you need to either get extra steam from a recharge station on level three, or have Zell in your party and let him tinker with the machine. Using this method will put fixed encounters into the next area, which is good for farming items, or bad with tedious, challenging fights and no save points, depending on what your goals are. Mm-hmm. Just like Zell, having Zell be like really into taking things apart and putting them back together again really does vibe with his whole um, hyperactive kid with fixations on a couple of on a couple of specific things Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. uh, deal. I don't know why, but I've always considered Selfie to be the tech whiz just because she like instantly figures out how to pilot airships and things she's she's like the yeah. she's like the gun yeah. nut so it's like you know a, a, a plane an airship can can bomb things which she loves so she learned how to fly it because of its offensive capabilities i mean the funny thing is that zell punches the machine that's that's the joke <laughs> the joke is that he punches the machine and the door opens mm-hmm. but i i did not know that uh you know going into this that the zell method creates the fixed tiles the fixed encounter tiles um, oh 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 fucking zell yeah. come on zell yeah. 
I mean, it doesn't tell you that it does that. So if you did it, you just assumed that they're always there. But no, if you use the normal way of going through, you just get random encounters, which you can ignore. Yeah. God. You so it's it, his musk is a, is attracting the enemies. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He's just a real sweaty guy. We can't talk about musk in FF8. <laughs> So, uh, after getting down through level seven, you enter the deep sea deposit, which is made up of seemingly floating stone ruins overgrown with plants that have glowing flowers, very like underground hanging gardens vibes, very aesthetic, very sweet and cool. If you use Zelda to bypass the last steam door, each screen will have two to three spots that will always trigger an encounter and reset once you leave the screen. The first area has Tri-Faces, the next has Behemoths, then Ruby Dragons, then Dual Iron Giants. There are also still random encounters, unless you have Encounter Nunjunctioned. These Mm -hmm. uh, encounter tiles cannot be Encounter Nunjunctioned, and also can't be run away from. You have to kill them. Yep. The one reason you may want to set these up is to farm Cursed Spikes from Tri-Faces, since 100 of them can be turned into a Dark Matter, which can then be used for several things, most notably 100 Ultimas you're also probably powerful enough by this point in the game that you don't have to do high level junction farming no i mean you could also use it to give uh shockwave pulsar to quistus if you want to have her use that attack sure (laughs) there's a there's a lot of things you could do with the dark matter the the thing is it just takes all you know at this point of the game yeah and if you fought like whatever the 10 something trifaces you need to do to get a hundred curse spikes or you know you had a lot of cards triface cards at that point yeah you you, you don't need it mm-hmm. it's fun to have but you mm-hmm. don't need it. plus you can get a hundred ultimas a different way later in this dungeon <laughs> right right exactly um <laughs> especially because like you don't really need the high level character cards anymore and some of them can be card modded into a hundred high level spells yep so also great uh worth having move find on um i never took move find off so i didn't know like what it affects and what it doesn't and i had no idea that this hit mm-hmm. that the save point was otherwise invisible yep. this save point is crucial because there's it's a it's a it's an optional mega boss down here so and, please and you had just fought like 15 battles against really hard enemies to get down there imagine if you wiped <laughs> yeah oh my god yeah again shout out to quistus's degenerator here but uh, until the boss fight which you can't use it on obviously um at the bottom you spend 10 units to activate the excavation device the area resonates with sound and we begin the fight with ultima weapon this bottom section also um it's no longer floating and like there are like some waterways and shit it's i really like the Mm -hmm. look of this dungeon even if i don't like actually going through it i was like oh hey there's a dungeon i i wanted Mm -hmm. more of these Mm -hmm got a lot of shrine of amana vibes yeah it does which is funny because this came first but you know mm-hmm. same kind of thing uh yeah it was a nice change of pace and i guess like it's it's that thing where final fantasy 8 occasionally decides to do like kind of actual fantasy locations but what this is doing in the bottom of the ocean who knows but uh if you played uh ff7 you might recognize this enemy design I, th- I guess it was, might have been in earlier games, but uh, I just know that this is very much a Final Fantasy VII reference because it is wielding Cloud's ultimate weapon from the previous game uh, mm-hmm. in its hands. I mean, it's got like, you know, like an upper body torso hanging out inside of a, like a quadruped beast of some sort. We just call them centaurs, man. 
But it's got two heads. The centaur <laughs> has one head. It's different. <laughs> it's An like etar. Etar. <laughs> it's got some nasty attacks, Dumb. such as... Uh, <laughs> it's got some nasty attacks, such as uh, Gravija, which, if you remember, eats up 75% of your current HP. And then it adds a new attack called Light Pillar, which does 9999 damage, just short of 10,000, to a single character, kills them instantly. And then it also adds Meteor and Quake just for, uh, you know, shits and giggles. Okay, I have a question. Is Meteor supposed to be threatening? Yes. Uh, Well, I think I find it like does at least like 1500 to 2000 damage to my whole party. It never did over 200 damage in my entire game. I think that was like your evade uh, jacked up, maybe. I think it also might have had to do with how low level you were. It was never a threat. Meteor was like, oh shit, free round every time. Oh, yeah, no, Meteor definitely (laughs) killed some folks for me. But I also was, you know, keeping a lot of my folks in the yellow for the like back third of this game to spam limit breaks. So. Um, I, I, I think that if you're doing that strategy, Meteor is a lot more dangerous because it can take someone from low but survivable to dead if you're gambling with folks' life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, it can do a lot of damage. Was Quake damage? Like, like, yeah, that Quake was damage. Fight? Meteor was okay. like FF2 Famicom level Ultima in how weak oh. it was <laughs> the whole time. Yeah, you know, I I do wonder if you have a really high evade stat if it just doesn't hit because it, it is like well, no, it's hit hitting. It just attacking. never did okay. above two hundred. Huh. That's weird. That's but, not evade. Hmm. Yeah, strange. This, this the numbers, the math in this game is is all over the place. Yeah, but unless you are doing a low level run, Ultimate Weapon likely has close to or more than a hundred thousand hit points and. It absorbs all elements. So if you accidentally went into this battle and had something junction to your attack, your elemental attack, oops, you're kind of <laughs> fucked. So this this fight can be <laughs> this fight can be easy or it can be a very challenging slog depending on your setup. Uh, I beat this guy in two Renzo Kukins without a finisher. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. <laughs> but then again, Squall had max uh, was you know level forty nine and had max uh, attack. And I had put Vitality Zero on on it to do like maximum damage because I had Doom Train. Mm. I um I my like main three party of Renoa, Zell, and Squall all have limit breaks that do way above the nine 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 limit because they're all multiple hit now. And so yeah. um it it was very beefy. I wanna shout out Zell's like final ultimate is extremely Dragon Ball uh because mm-hmm. he like leaps into the air and then charges forward and his fist turns into um a comet that then like bursts through the enemy. Um <clears throat> also shout outs to Renoa's one where um all of a sudden like you see a picture of the entire galaxy in the background and then angelo just like thwaps the enemy like <laughs> between six and 12 times by turning into a shooting star very very good shit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah y- you can kill this guy surprisingly easily 
but the thing is you have to make sure you just don't get owned by like a light pillar or something and just have everything spiraled out of control. Yeah. Also, I apologize because that Dragon Ball comment made me think of something to put in the shit pit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go look at it. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a to explain this joke to the listener. It is uh, yeah, Choo Choo from G Witch uh, in her pose from the season two uh, poster, flying what looks like having just flown through Piccolo's chest. <laughs> Very Dragon Ball indeed. That rules. Uh, I the thing with that poster is I get so distracted by uh, Guel's like obscenely long arm that he he just looks like he just got stretched. It's Look, <laughs> you've got to have a Yowie arm somewhere in that cat. <laughs> Yowie arm. <laughs> just <laughs> the affliction that starts to like travel starts up the body. Yeah, we call well, it clamping actually- out. if you follow his whole body on that because his legs are also weirdly long but they're like you know his torso is like half covered by another character you just stretch him out and it's like he's like twice as tall as his head like indicates he should be (laughs) it's just completely off model in space limbs aren't weighed down by gravity you two (laughs) (laughs) Uh, anyway uh, you can draw the final guardian force Eden from the boss and uh we're not going to talk about Eden much in general, other than it's it's this weird, biblically accurate angel-looking space station that it's got some, of course, incredible endgame skills, but also it's got the longest, like, I think the actual animation is like two minutes and 40 seconds long. Oh my God. So that yeah, I used that boost. once. <laughs> yeah. It breaks the damage limit. It's one of the only attacks that breaks the damage limit in the game but also you don't need it you got limit breaks you know it's cool it looks cool i I think i beat the final boss in under two minutes and 40 seconds so um (laughs) and if you're gonna bring this into the final boss large chance you just lose it Yep, there's a there's a gotcha in the final battle. <laughs> oh, uh, see, that final gotcha um, ended up working extremely to my advantage, so I was chill with it. Uh, that's funny. I'll wait. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Uh, and this is one of those cases. Uh, this boss, as we mentioned earlier, you might w- not want to have mug on because if you if you use mug, you get a three stars, which is a pretty good item. But you can get three of them from Squall's card if you uh, if you have Squall's card. Otherwise, uh, it drops 100 Ultima Stones, so you would have a full complement of Ultima Stones you could turn into Ultimas if you need it. I did not get this because I forgot to take it off of Irvine. <laughs> Oops. And you do get a seed rank for defeating it. So I just I want to say, in total, in summary, the Deep Sea Research Facility kind of sucks. It, it, yes. It, aesthetically... It is very interesting, and I was happy to have um, a a bespoke dungeon. However, it is just a gauntlet. That is all it is. And the only, like, the ways that they make it more of a gauntlet is by mm-hmm. different time taxes. Like, the time tax of not knowing the correct answers on uh, the first screen, and then the time tax of being able to fail the pressure test entirely and not knowing yeah. that you failed until you were at the very bottom. Mm-hmm. That sucks ass. Yeah. I, I do not 
enjoy the execution of the deep sea research facility one bit there is a way to make optional end game content that is fun and challenges the the parts of the game that are actually worth engaging with i just wish there was more i mean to add on to that i wish there was more lore because they're just this is a place you could have thrown in at least like a log or two to right. like explain yeah. something about the world because it's an interesting place, right? Like it's mm-hmm. it's in the middle of the ocean. They're they're kind of pushing the limits of what they could find, and they found some weird shit. Yeah. W- weirdly enough, the uh, the description of in the tutorial menu claims that like the scientists sealed it off on purpose and were just hanging out there, and I guess they would have died there. We don't know what happened. It just looks like it's run down. Yeah, I I had questions because with the whole time compression thing, I just wondered, is this a future project that wrapped everything back into the past? Is what happened here? Why are there no survivors? Why are there no notes? Mm. How did this thing trap Bahamut? Yeah, Uh, this is available in disc three. So it's you can get to it before time compression. So. It would be cool if it were only time compression available because that would be neat. That I mean, I think I that's mean, my biggest problem with time compression is that it doesn't I wish it changed the world state in a weird way rather than just shuts things off. Sure. You but, know, you know. I for this one piece, I think that enough of the lore is already there. Like we can fill in the blanks extremely easily. It's like they it, mm-hmm. you know, the empire which was getting really into junctioning after discovering paramagic, um, was looking for more and more powerful sources of junctioning energy, ran into Bahamut, was like, oh, if we release Bahamut into the world, we won't be able to control it. Let's seal it off instead. Like that. Yeah. I, I, I buy that. I buy that. That makes sense. But I do wish to know yeah. Yeah, where it came from in the first place. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Why are these yeah. ruins at the bottom of the ocean? Also, like if you do fuck up the steam thing and you don't have enough units, you can go back to the top and reset it. I mean, you mm-hmm. have to do the whole thing from the top again. But yeah, it's not like a one and done, like you screw it up and you're you're not be able to get oh, a fight. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. So again, just time tax. Yeah. Yeah. Really the the biggest reason other than like, hey, I want to fight a big boss, is to get eaten. And you can get eaten in a much easier fashion, uh, <laughs> that we'll talk about very shortly. Cause uh mm. now it's castle time.
Altimesia's Castle. <laughs> this place has a gimmick, which is that when you walk in, all of your abilities except attack are sealed. This means you cannot use the following. Magic. GFs. Items. Draw. Command abilities. You know, treatment, etc. Resurrection. Limit breaks. And saving your game. <laughs> inside. Okay. Inside the place. I know. You can still go out to the door and save, which is what I do. <laughs> there are eight bosses inside, not including the other super boss Omega weapon all of whom are technically optional, that will allow you to unlock these skills. You can do them in any order you like, and each boss drops endgame items. The dungeon has a secondary gimmick as well. Enemy levels are randomized. Have fun with every encounter when the same random moot can be an entirely different challenge level. <laughs> this dungeon also has party switching to complete a few puzzles. We're gonna gloss over a lot of these because it's basically hit the button to go from the person who's at the switch to the person who's at the door. With one exception. There's one, like, like puzzle. There's basically, like, two puzzle-ass puzzles. Oh, yeah. yeah. There are two puzzle-ass oh, puzzles. puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is, again, we haven't maybe brought it up in an episode or two, uh, but the fact that this shared a dev team and assets and dev time mm -hmm. with parasite eve is screaming at me right now this is a resident evil mansion this is just this is a resident yep. evil mansion with some resident evil puzzles um i ended up really liking the party switching puzzles a lot it was enough for not enough for me but like it was it was neat to have to be like okay well we have to like Make sure that this party is standing on the switch so that the chandelier stays up or like, you know, mm -hmm. there is um, a blade that you can sneak across a bridge to. There are a bunch of neat little interactions and and, and things you got to puzzle out here. I, I dug it. Yeah. The, the thing that I didn't like about the switching is just that because you only have encounter none on one GF, when you switch, you have to switch at least one of your junctions. And it messes your HP up, and it becomes a whole thing. Oh, uh, I, 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 but that's me. That's me. I, I didn't want to yeah, be in a fight. So that's and, a you yeah. thing. Because <laughs> I, I, I did a lot of running around. I fought all these guys, so mm -hmm. you know, I, I didn't want to go into like, and I, and I got lost a few times. So like, I definitely would have, it would have taken me three times as long if I was actually fighting battles between these. I do like the vibe a lot, though. And, and uh, I think let, let, let's talk about it that we could, you know, summarize our thoughts yeah. at the end. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, so the first boss is Sphinxor and Sphinxara and or is that a translation thing? Uh, it changes its name when the mask comes off. OK, it starts off with a like cat mask or something. It looks like a Sphinx ass Sphinx. And then it comes off and then there's like a human face underneath it. That's kind of goofy, which is how the. Sphinx is supposed to look. Is that? Yeah, it has a nose. Mm -hmm. Googling it right now. <laughs> Sphinx. <laughs> no, not the cat. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is basically a gimme boss, so you can get one free command because this, mm -hmm. that you hit this thing until it dies. You can actually sneak around it if you want to do a challenge run and take on something else with only attack first. 
But <laughs> uh, wreck this guy, and when you finish off one of these bosses, you will get a menu that says, what do you wish to unseal from the eight items that we mentioned earlier? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I I think I did limit breaks next, just to power through everything, but then I might have died once and decided, no, I think I should probably get resurrection next instead, and then did it over again. Oh yeah, not having resurrection sucks. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> Especially because then I, what happened was I didn't have resurrection unlocked on this next boss and Mm -hmm. it killed my entire party and, um, Phoenix pinion activated (laughs) and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get full revive. And it misses it. The little thing. Because you can't re re It just, it says miss on all three. I was, I was grumpy and then I left. (laughs) That's extremely funny. I chose save because I expected this would be a long dungeon, not something that has two save points, period. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the next boss uh, on this list is Tripoint. He's found in the cellar room underneath the chandelier room. Um, it looks like a bee drill made it with a fighter jet. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, and you get like fighter jet objects. Like it, it gives you like an accelerator when it dies. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, the gimmick of this boss fight is that it flips elemental weaknesses between fire and ice throughout the fight. Um, so if you have uh, attack, if you have fire or ice elemental junction uh, attached to at least one of your characters, there's a chance that it will heal them. Um, which and then if that person also has auto counter on, you just keep accidentally healing for a couple thousand damage every time it hits. Fun. It will also counterattack with a thunder attack called Mega Spark if you hit it with anything except its current weakness. Uh, it also has a strong physical attack called Onrush, and um, <clears throat> here you can draw the Siren Guardian Force uh, from it if you missed it way earlier in the game. Yeah, I did a lot of yeah. drawing from these bosses for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I actually, uh, Renoa got owned in this fight. Uh, so, and that's when I realized the resurrection stuff doesn't work. And I'm like, oh, that's bad because, uh, I, I did not unlock magic first, but I fought this guy second. I think I did GF first cause I wanted to be able to summon doom train. And, uh, yeah. So literally every attack I got mega sparked. <laughs> it was, it was rough. Wow. So it, it was, it was like real desperate, uh, getting through the end of that. Thankfully I had enough damage. This is where I chose resurrection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the next fights you could do is Krista, a.k.a. Cockatus. I, I put in some of the Japanese names in here when I thought they were interesting. It's a big crystal monster. You find it on the balcony on the other side of the chandelier on the, on the second floor, and you need to use uh, your second party to weigh down the uh, switch so that you can cross, because otherwise it just you know crashes down. It's very weak to magic, very strong to physical attacks, will counterattack you a lot. You can still hit it with Vitality Zero and do a lot of physical damage that way if you want. And uh, it casts Ultima before it dies, and uh, you can draw Carbuncle from it. And all of, oh, by the way, all of these bosses have unique death animations, which are really cool. Mm-hmm. So that's fine. But yeah, this one uh, will uh, cast Ultima on you before it does that. And uh, I did I get owned by this one? <laughs> no, I did not get owned by this one. Like occasionally, yeah, I w- you have to be careful. Uh, yeah, 
And I grabbed magic here, and at this point I was basically back to full strength. Mm-hmm. So, next up is Trauma, a.k.a. Dolmen. This puzzle is too busy. <laughs> it is found in the gallery room. You need to name a painting, which is its plaque has rubbed off, and there are other paintings in the room. All of them have Latin names. Now, what you need to realize is all of them include the Roman numerals 1 through 12 hidden in them. And on the floor, a giant clock gives you the solution, 846, which corresponds to Vividarium Intervigilum Viator, or a guardian waits in the garden. You are supposed to figure this out via either looking at every single painting in the room and figuring out mm -hmm. what the names are and then subtracting, or you can figure out the Roman numerals thing and then figure out which corresponds to the painting that is missing something, or you can use that uh, puzzle on the floor. There's too many layers to this for something that relies mm -hmm. on a foreign language. This feels like something that would translate like the infamous monkey wrench puzzle from the original Monkey Island into other languages, where it would be a nightmare. Anyway, yeah. Trauma is a yellow robot that spits <laughs> out tiny robots. It's, it's weak to wind and drain. It looks like an anal tuba. <laughs> hey, you're not. You're not. You're not wrong. There's a little bit too much hidden that requ that requires a leap of knowledge that you don't necessarily have the context for. But I was so puzzle starved that I was like, oh, my God, yes. OK, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure this out. And and mm -hmm. um, the one thing it would break the puzzle to have like a chime when you've looked at the right one in the right order. But like mm -hmm. some sort of progress indicator may have helped some sort of like signal that you're trending in the right direction. I don't know what that necessarily looks like, but because, you, yeah, it does. The, there are a couple of leaps you have to make, but I was just so puzzle thirsty. Also, shout out to uh, one of the paintings just called Swordfish. Really loved that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I also like this puzzle, but also I'm a Latin nerd. And so, like, I, I saw the, the, the Roman numerals on the floor. I went like, oh, Latin names, Roman numerals. Got it. The thing that I don't like about this is that it needs to be, you need to select the names in a specific order, which mm -hmm. is not how Latin works. Latin can right. go any word order in any direction. It should have allowed for that. Uh, that's the one, the one knock I give on it. And, and well, there's another small one, which is like, yeah, it is kind of esoteric to kind of look, you have to count the number of I's and V's in the words themselves, in the titles of the other paintings. Yeah. When this I breaks say, one time. There's one that's wrong, actually. It has an extra I in it. <laughs> the numerals are hidden. I need you to realize Vividarium is not V-I. It is V-I and then count the other I's yeah, yeah, yeah. to figure mm -hmm. out. Yep. It, it doesn't work on that level because that's some actual Latin numerology shit where you have to start going, ah, how many mm -hmm. eyes are there? But only in this one, because it doesn't count when the next one is going to be IV via the first letter and the middle V. <laughs> yeah, it, it does cheat a little bit. Uh, it like cheats it, a lot. It, it's trying a little. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't. I mean, look, are you surprised that eight 
is the Roman numerals for eight are one of the solution choices in Final Fantasy VIII. <laughs> no, I'm surprised that you would make a puzzle this busy, which has uh-huh. so many dead ends that you basically have to start doing that scene from Black Dynamite to puzzle it out. <laughs> I love that scene. That scene's so good. Uh, anyway, trauma. So after the trauma of... <laughs> <laughs> of the puzzle. You get the trauma of the fight. You can get Leviathan here. God. I'm just, I, I can't unhear Jamie Lee Curtis saying trauma now because I saw that oh, no. supercut of the dozens and yeah. dozens of times on the Halloween press tour. She said, it's about trauma. I love it. Mm-hmm. I should start doing that. Let's, let's traumatize our listeners. <laughs> Yeah, so I we we basically talked yeah. about this boss. So the next boss uh, downstairs, past the art gallery, in a dungeon room to the left, in a place that like initially doesn't super look like it is enterable. There is a boss called the Red Giant. Uh, when you enter the room, there is a skeleton holding the prison key. If you pick it up, it starts this fight. This is a big red boy who has insane defense stats. Uh, you can either use attacks that ignore defense, so Demi is great here, and also Diabolos' Dark Messenger Guardian Force ability works here, um, or Guardian Force attack, rather. Um, or uh, you can use Meltdown and Doom Train and then hit it with physical attacks. Um, this is... Mm, I, had a, I have a beef with uh, the scan spell for not indicating that it is strong against every element except for gravity here um really grumpy about that so i was like trying every spell affinity i could one by one until getting down to demi and it's and it goes ha 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 you can't even touch me when you do something that uh only barely hurts it yep and you can draw the Pandemonia Guard, Pandemona Guardian Force uh, from Red Giant if you don't have it already. It was supposed to be Pandemonium, but they ran out of space, so it ended up being Pandemona in English. So mm. yeah, it just sounds like <laughs> a I Dota st- two enemy. <laughs> it does. <laughs> uh, so Gargantua, it is found in the uh, armory across the way from the prison cell, but you need to find the armory key, which is deeper in the castle. The key is seen on a uh, rickety wooden bridge, and if you try to run towards it, you can see it starts to to shimmy over towards the edge. And if you run too far, it falls off into the water below. If you walk, you can grab it. No problem. If it does fall off, the key ends up in the room in front of the armory door. So, like, it just follows this little waterway down into the basement. Uh, So you can't get it again. So you unlock it, you go in, and... A battle starts off with a um, visage and lefty-righty fight. So it's like the little mummy head and the little two mummy arms, and you're like, oh, that's it. But once you kill them, the mummy just, f- like, fully climbs out of the floor, which <laughs> which is like a fun little gotcha. It's like, oh, there we go. It's a good effect. Its trick is to inflict berserk on your party, and uh, it attacks with a, a counter-twist attack which actually does like a decent amount of damage so like if you're berserk you can't stop attacking and then it keeps counterattacking you and it's uh kind of rough so uh hope you had uh e- either you do enough damage to to be able to do it quickly you know kill it quickly or you can heal your guys quickly or you just have berserk on your status defense uh 
because otherwise this could be pretty harrowing. It's week two, holy and drain. Or you can zombify it and use curative magic because apparently it is not undead, but you can make hmm. it undead. That's one thing you can do. And you can draw Cerberus from it. Next up is Katobalpas. There is a fountain in a courtyard by which is an invisible treasury room key, which is used to unlock a difficult to see treasury room door in a hallway with a big Dutch angle. Uh, if I didn't have the ability to look this up, I probably would have missed this shit. <laughs> I definitely missed it. And I was, you know, I had the guide up for reference, but I was like, I'm just going to run around and try to see what I can do for memory first. And I, I missed this one completely because you can't see the door. Terrible. Inside is a sequencing puzzle. When you open all the crypts by choosing the correct options, the boss will emerge. This is a palette swapped behemoth that is weak to earth and water and attacks with thunder magic, including a nasty attack. <laughs> you can draw Alexander here. <laughs> um it's it's These like a fights little, are uh, running out of energy and effort <laughs> it's like a it's like a little miniature lights out puzzle i god i had both lights out and the lights out cube as a kid and I played mm -hmm. so much of them, and now I just adore these puzzles whenever they come up in a JRPG dungeon. I don't know why, but I just there's something about them that really tickles me. The puzzle is not my problem. Yeah. Do us the rude version of this. Actually, <laughs> I, I got owned by a puzzle like this in uh, the Metal Gear Solid Game Boy Color game, a.k.a. Ghost Babble. <laughs> because oh, no. the first time the first time you run into one of these, it's like you have to do a sequence to open all the doors, the security doors. You do it once and it's fine. And then the second time you run into that same type of setup, uh, apparently you can just walk through but it doesn't signal that you can just walk through because they all look closed. But if you spend long enough trying to do the puzzle, which is impossible, they have a guard come in and just walk through just to show you how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so rude. That fucks. Um, Ghost Babble, good game though. For, it is a good know, game. For a Game Boy Color game. Yeah. It's probably my favorite Metal Gear Solid. Probably. Hmm. It isn't mine, but I understand. I'm salty about these last two bosses because they are half-assed palette swaps. Yeah, yeah. They, Tiamat yeah. is rough. Mm -hmm. Tiamat is not rough. Tiamat is probably the weakest one of these that isn't the Sphinx. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's no, definitely the weakest one. Rough is in rough, rough design. Not necessarily. Yeah. It yeah. just. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, in case you, like, it's like, oh, in case you miss Bahamut, here's Bahamut, basically. <laughs> But worse. Yeah. But you can't draw Bahamut there. Mm -hmm. No, you can't. You can draw Eden from it. Yeah. It is funny now that I'm in the middle of Heaven's Word uh, for icons and icons because they have it. You're fighting a war against the dragons. So there are so many different dragon models in Final Fantasy 14, just dozens of different types of dragons. And then coming back here, it's like, oh, we, we have three ways to depict dragon. It's funny. Mm -hmm. So finally, to restore your your final one, um, which I wonder if there are people out there who um, do challenge runs where they try to beat the final four boss gauntlet with just attack. I wonder if that's even possible. It is. It is not possible. You need limit break. OK. Yeah, because uh, otherwise you well. 
I guess you could. I you mean, can't. The, the problem is you you need to have. It helps to have some form of, of invincibility. Yeah. In order to do it, uh, you can't. One of her final phases is too fast. Okay. So if you head straight back to the back of the castle and up the stairs, you will end up in a clock tower. You uh, will ride the pendulum across the tower to find Tiamat chilling on the outside. Tiamat is essentially a slightly nerfed Bahamut, but this time the attack is Dark Flare instead of Mega Flare. Ooh. Uh, It's also fire-based now. Uh, You can fully defend against it and be invincible for this fight, and you can draw Eden from Tiamat if you didn't get it from Ultima Weapon. Okay, what we need to state is this is literally Tiamat only has one attack, which mm-hmm. is just yeah. fire. So yep. if you have fire defense or fire absorption, this is not a fight. This is just nope. a curb stomp. You are beating a holy dragon into the ground for the sin of existence. Yeah, but like it's, yeah. you know, it's a it's a holy dragon that's been trapped by Ultimisha to do her bidding and then nerfed by time compression. You know, it's 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 on the back foot. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> if it were to hit you with its tail, it would be more threatening. Yeah, it's true. No, it's totally true. You know, I, I do wonder if like the fact that some of these bosses are complete pushovers is really just because like, what if you only found two of them? <laughs> oh, <laughs> like what if you're having sure. trouble fighting the rest? Yeah. Like it, it's tuned on the weak side for sure. Mm-hmm. It is funny though. They do call out that Tiamat, if you check the, uh, the scans that like Tiamat is, is a GF, whereas not necessarily all the other enemies are GFs. Mm-hmm. So like Ultimisia is like turning GFs into their thralls. So yeah. For what it's worth, I, when I encountered some of these, I understood why they locked save as one of these, because it's definitely very possible to soft lock yourself mm-hmm, if you mm-hmm. get to the wrong of these. Uh, the red giant, especially because I believe it locks you in that room when you go uh, in. Yep. Yeah. And it's very possible to not have skills that could kill that guy when you have nothing but attack, mm-hmm. or if you chose GF but don't have the right one, or... So, interesting concept on this place, but also, I feel like it's dog shit execution. I think you can run away from every one of these battles. But you can't get out of that to run room. away. Yeah, you I can't get I, out of the room without actually I don't know you pick up the key if you run out do you still have the key I I could probably test this maybe Yeah maybe I I'm deep. pretty sure that one at the least is a soft lock I think there's probably be, yeah. a couple of other edge cases in this building Mm. Yeah, uh, almost all of them you can walk once they like show up in the room, you have to then hit X to like start the fight. I think you can like circumvent pretty much all of them even if they're in the room. Uh which is an interesting choice. They didn't just throw you in. So there's a there's a Rosetta Stone you can get in here if you want one. So you have like, you know, another ability times four, uh, which is useful. Uh, there's an elevator puzzle that you need two parties for on the like left side of the um, of the mansion. And uh, you get the floodgate key, you use it in the dungeon area to like, you know, take out all the water Then you go to the organ before you go up the stairs and you're supposed to mash all of the uh, buttons on the organ at the same time. And you have to wait until the notes stop playing, because apparently if you don't, it, <laughs> it doesn't register. 
And then there is a little gate with little spikes that will uh, retract. Like if you had only pressed mm-hmm. one or two of them, like only certain ones would retract. And then if you go down the hallway there, there's a there's a Rosetta Stone. So funny little, um, fu- <laughs> a little fact about this is that it, it was kind of cruel in the original PlayStation version because you also had to hold down all the shoulder buttons and and on top of that if you got really holding all of the shoulder buttons and select and start is the way in the playstation version to also soft reset the game and so if you thought (laughs) that you had to hold all of the buttons including select and start you would just soft reset which is so funny to me they took that out for the for the remastered re-release so now it's just the face buttons that you have to mash. I had forgotten it was the, the shoulder buttons. Yeah, that is rude. <laughs> yep. Eight keys, which means that if you are playing this on keyboard, you might actually have to rebind or might not be able to do it, depending on what your layout and keyboard setup is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was using uh, a controller on this game. I've moved beyond that era of my stubbornness. <laughs> <laughs> so... That is all the normal bosses. There's still one left before the final boss, and that is the Omega Weapon Super Boss. So you may have noticed on your way up to the tower that there is a little like smoky portal area thing that's like in front of the pipe organ. And if you try to interact with it, nothing happens. Um, But this is where the boss spawns. So you have to figure out how to make it show up. To trigger this fight, one party needs to head up the foyer stairs and head into the room on the right side, where there is a chain you can pull and a party change circle. When you pull the chain, a message pops up that says monsters can be heard roaring in the distance and a one minute timer pops. You then need to switch parties, which will take 10 seconds, and challenge the boss. This fight is designed to just murder you. It can have up to 1.2 million HP. It absorbs every element. It is immune to all status effects except for Vitality Zero. In the original release, it is locked at level 100. In the remaster, its level scales with the parties, but you're still starting out at the weakest level 1, 111,105 HP, which is, I believe, (laughs) more than multiple forms of Ultimecia combined at that level. (laughs) Yeah, it... I put the stat table in here just for fun, like in our notes. And it's like, it's nuts. Like by level 40, it has over 500,000 and it already has max strength and magic. Like this guy fucking tries to kill you so hard. By level 30, it has 255 magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, yeah, 255 is the max that something can be in this game. So aside from a physical attack here and there, it will uh, move in a in a um, cycle, almost like it's an MMO boss. And um, the cycle is as follows. So it opens the fight with level five death, which will uh, kill any character whose level is a multiple of five. You can defend from this by junctioning a hundred death to your status defense. It'll only cast this once. It does not guarantee to do that. Oh, uh, it doesn't always do that in the open. It's raw rng it's heavily Mm. weighted but it's possible to get through this fight without ever seeing level five death interesting it might be an ai Ah. 
Maybe. Yeah. Cause like all, like I definitely saw it. And every time I fought it, I remember this happening and the guide says it happens every time. So that, it's interesting. While I was looking things up, I did see discussion in multiple places that said it's possible. No one can predict why. Interesting. Mm, yeah. And of course, if your characters are in a level multiple of five, then you just don't have, don't have to worry about it at all. It's not, it's just more of like a lol gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I'll, I'll, I'll come clean. I did not even attempt Omega weapon. Um, it was not mm-hmm. worth it to me to see. Uh, so I just moved on past this, but the attack cycle goes as follows. It starts with meteor, then goes to Megiddo flame, which is an attack that deals 900, 9,998 damage to the whole party. So if you aren't at 9999 health, it'll be an insta kill and it'll bring you down to one otherwise. Uh, and then there's also Graviha, which is, I think, three quarters the gravity attack yep. that does three quarters yep, three of your quarters. max health. Uh, Terra Break, which is a physical version, like a physical attack version of Meteor. So um, multiple hits on all party members, randomized who gets the most hits. And then it will cast Ultima. And then finally, Light Pillar. <laughs> yeah. It just that that uh, that Megido flame is just such a such a rude attack. <laughs> just like no matter what, like you have to be either invincible or you have to have full max uh, HP to survive it. Yeah, there is a cheese strat here that you can kill this thing in one attack, and that is selfies slot limit break end like the the attack called the end, and that just ends the battle immediately. And in fact, you can use the end on everything in the game <laughs> the the way to do the final boss no junction is to cast the end four times in a row <laughs> you can do that fuck jim morrison works on was every an american phase. poet jim morrison was an american poet <laughs> <laughs> um have we discussed the, the is, end before by the way I, I might have we might have talked about it when Selfie first showed up, but yeah, uh, let's talk about it. It's, it's the funniest attack at the game because <laughs> yeah, it just cuts the enemies on screen and it puts them in the flower field, and then a mm-hmm. very ornate font just goes the end, and the battle's over. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Yeah, uh-huh. well, the only thing that's almost as funny, like it's probably funnier when you think about it, is devoured. Uh, which is a battle command that Eden has. And it it, it is what it sounds like. Uh, your character eats the enemy in front of you. <laughs> but it, 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 it like you see your character approach the enemy. It does the like cut to like, you know how like on TV where, you know, there's like the cut that like, we're having technical difficulties. It does that, but it cuts to a flower field scene and says, we'll be right back. And then it comes back <laughs> and you finish eating the enemy. <laughs> it's really good. But yeah, the end is, the end is also, um, also great. But here's the catch. I mean, selfies limit slot thing, the way it works, there's a, a rule set to it. It's complicated. But the worst part is that she cannot have access to the end at all between levels 40 and 80. They just decided it's kind of come off completely off the spell list. So you either have to be lower half or lower third or upper third of the levels in order for this to even show up uh, if you want to use this. <laughs> This fucking game's RNG. This fucking game's just like who like someone 
just like took Kawazu's essence and and just freebased it in the most twisted ass ways possible no, when no. when designing the number tables. I'm sorry, Kawazu is a standard opioid. This is Kawazu fentanyl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that the reward for this was raw garbage, and I did it because I'm supposed to be the one who's coming at this blind and experiencing all the content. I just cast level all death on this bitch after five attempts. <laughs> it's hard. Like th- th- this is like the one where you really have to know, like learn a pattern, have a really specific setup or, or just have a lot of, um, Holy Wars. Like if you have the Gilgamesh card, you get 10 Holy Wars. That'll probably get you through the whole fight. You can get a hundred heroes from the Laguna card. So like the easiest way is just to really abuse Limit breaks and really abuse the invincibility items. And the thing is, it'll still own you. So, like, when I did this fight, it kept killing me because I had the battle speed set to max, as I mentioned before. And the timing of when, you know, I used initiative to get the first Holy War off, like, right away. But as soon as that wears off, it would do Megiddo Flame every time just because the timing was just mm-hmm. played out that way. Mm-hmm. And there was just no way for me to route it because I'd had active on. So I couldn't just like jump into a menu and just grab another one. So it would just kill me every time. So I had to just set it to, to the slowest setting in order to actually do this fight at all. Oh, damn. Which it wasn't that bad once I did it. It's just like, boy, that was annoying. And I've, and I've done this on the PS version where it was like 1.2 million HP. Yeah. You know, I really wish that there were a way to mess with your junctions mid-battle in this game yeah, so that yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. have to die and try again and rejunction stuff. Like, And, you know, if you're in active mode, it's it would still be dangerous to do because you would have to, like, go speed menu diving looking for the right spell to junction to the right thing. But, like, the fact that you can't do that and that you have to die to tinker um, is very annoying when you're doing these high level enemies Mm -hmm. where you're expected to know that you're going to have to manipulate your junctions doing one thing or another here. Yeah. Also, there's no safe point next to this guy. Nope. No, because you got to pull the thing and and run up and do this is very Mm -hmm. tedious on each attempt. Take it from me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That still took me like four or five tries (laughs) to to get it right. (laughs) And I knew what I was doing. If you do manage to beat it, uh, you get also it just it looks like um, Ultima Weapon just without the sword. And it's kind of like gray instead of like purplish. Yeah, it's a palette swap. It's a palette swap yeah, again. It's a palette swap. It's the, it's the same same thing. If you manage to beat it, you get a three stars item, which is the, the one we mentioned before that you could steal from uh, Ultima Weapon. I think it gives you like something plus 60 uh, spirit plus 60 or something. It's not really amazing. I mean, it's yeah. good, but it's not whatever. And you get an item in your tutorial menu called Proof of Omega that praises you for your gaming prowess. And uh, <laughs> I have a picture of it here. It just says, it it just says, congratulations in the four corners in red. It says, you defeated the world's strongest monster, Omega Weapon in Ultimecia Castle. Uh, sick there. There's no apostrophe uh, S. Uh, you are the finest fighter in the world. The the best touch here is that um, in the four corners with the congratulations, the top two only have one exclamation mark and then the bottom oh, you're two right. have two. I didn't notice that. That's, a, that's 
it's fun. Which is, it's also great to imagine these as the end of Eva uh, congratulations because you you just did so much for so little and everyone's just like applauding you. Congratulations. Oh, you mean like the end of uh, Ava TV? Yeah. Yeah. This Yeah, you got congratulated for doing so little. <laughs> This may be one uh, of the most offensive rewards I've ever seen for a super boss. <laughs> I have I have mixed feelings on super bosses. I get that they're basically in general a reward for people who enjoy the systems, a mastery challenge. I think that especially with SquareSoft, a lot of more modern games like the Bravely Default series uh give you a more interesting challenge in that these are games already based around breaking them. How about you come up with our solution to this puzzle? This is this is going in the class with FF12's Yasmat for me, where it's just a slog for minimal reward. And I think it sucks. I think it sucks ass. I wish more bosses were like this. I just wish this one wasn't so they weren't so extreme. Like this one is extremely punishing. And that's annoying, <laughs> you know, even yeah. if you're fully kitted out, God forbid you don't put up a, a holy war in time before you just get completely owned. Yeah, and large quantities you, you can... of this boss are, do you have max stats? If not, you're dead. Mm-hmm. Do you have a specific defense? If not, you're dead. Uh, are you invincible? 50-50 on if you're dead based on the prior two. Yeah. The thing I... is, at least you can get to, you can get to max HP with like, the HP plus 80 skills and like decent junction. So it, at least that part is not like you have to power grind to do it, but yeah, you have to know what you're doing. My beef is primarily that um, it kind of flies in the face of the philosophy of the rest of the game, because this game, the different, the different paths, there are like dozens of paths to battle mastery in Final Fantasy VIII, and then you hit mm-hmm. these super bosses, and it goes, okay, there are two ways to beat this thing. And so I would be down for some more punishing fights, but I don't like how prescriptive they get. Yeah, I, I think you would need to have more fights where you have to manipulate like the the status of the boss somehow in order to like, you know, prevent some of these attacks, like, or, you know, there was a way that you could prevent it from doing, you know, light pillar or something like there was some like thing you can break and it changes uh, the the status or I don't know. There, there are ways you could probably make this a little bit more engaging. Well, fun fact, part of the thing about the level five death, not firing probably being an AI bug is in looking up this fight. It's also possible to knock this guy off pattern. Oh, I did not know that. Again, That's it's fun. a thing that nobody seems to be able to do reliably, but if you fuck it up, imagine if you're eating two Megiddo flames in a row. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard that... Oh, is it this fight? Or I, there was a fight where I heard that there was a thing where it could... Oh, it'll just keep casting Light Pillar over and over again. <laughs> like, extra, extra rude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, I mean, it is fun that you can just cast the end on it and it dies. Like, that is nice. <laughs> I think that, 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 that is a fun, uh, you know, and uh, if you watch the uh, 2019 AGDQ run of this, uh, they do that as an incentive 
for the Final Fantasy VIII run, and he gets it on like the third try. <laughs> like he just goes Good. do over, do over, do over the end, and just kills it immediately. It's great. There, there are other problems with that run that we don't need to get into right now. But <laughs> it's also nine hours long. While we're at it, what's the worst optional super boss for either of you? Oh God. Because I know my number one with a bullet. You know, generally, if they make me mad enough, I just move on. So I don't even know if I've... Oh, no, it's... um, It is the entire sixth strata in Etrian yep. Odyssey 1. No, three. Three. Oh. The Abyssal God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, one and three are both piss me off for different reasons um just because it's also so fucking annoying to progress even even like two tiles in one and so the super bosses take so fucking long to even get to but yeah maybe the i think i might have moved on from what was it the abyssal the abyssal god yeah the abyssal the god worst super boss in any jrpg ever mm. I'm trying to think, like, what is the worst one? I mean, maybe Xenosaga 2, but even then, I didn't have an awful time with that. It's just mm -hmm. that end game in general was a, a bit of a slog at some yeah. points. Yeah, the Xenosaga ones, at worst, are just HP sponges. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, then you have the Xenosaga 2 problem of uh, you need to have a certain setup, and it can knock you off your uh, off your setup very easily, oh, yeah. and you have to redo yeah. it and all that. You know, yeah. that, that whole thing, or getting boost-fucked, as we as we called it <laughs> rather than go into the full breakdown because someone did a very good i data mind the game technical breakdown of why the abyssal god is one of the worst bosses in history um it's ai is designed to cheat you have to do a mm. bunch of external things that are on a timer to lower its hp and stats and it has resistances which are designed to counter you and crush you and there is no cheese strategy that sucks yes incredible <laughs> it, it's so it's so much worse when again somebody looked under the hood and found out oh mm -hmm. oh it's worse mm -hmm. yep Anyway, yeah, 
after that, there's only uh, one thing left to do, which is to head up to the top of the clock tower, walk down the uh, the frozen hands uh, and some ladders. And I, the, the time that it's set to is not important. I thought that, hey, maybe there was something there. Now there's something there. <laughs> no, it's just and, enough uh, that the arms can stretch across. Yeah. Yep. And uh, you head to the top parapet where you would normally fight a Dracula if this were a, a Castlevania. <laughs> and uh, there's a save point right before the final fight. Thank goodness. And maybe you can even use it. And you may be able to use it. <laughs> All right. So. Go I ahead. Like this Open dungeon. Pandora's I... box. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's kind of fun that they're they're messing with your options here and the puzzle becomes, you know, how do you get to these bosses? How many of them do you really need to finish the game? Because I like the idea that like, you know, you do two or three and then you just run to the end game. Like that's fun. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. you don't play all the bosses, but you know, for a game that has given you so much flexibility in its systems, like having that flexibility is kind of fun. And then the final boss plays with it even more, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I could totally understand that there's certain ways in which it is still being either like the bosses are either too much of a pushover or too much of a gotcha. And there really isn't a lot of middle ground, but it also just feels like this would be much worse if you were trapped in the final dungeon, because it just seemed like every time I'm like, all right, I got knocked out. That sucked. Uh, I don't have resurrection yet. I just go to the beginning of the the place and just heal up, save, and then go back in. Uh, It wasn't really, it's a little bit of a time tax, but it wasn't, the worst. I don't know. I just think it's neat. <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm at too. It was it like the the game threw so little of this kind of stuff at us for the for the entirety of it that it was it was just like it reminded me that I like gimmicks and mechanical interaction in in RPG dungeons. And so in giving it to me, I and also, you know, because I was just such a higher base level up and down the board just from regularly playing the game than either of y'all, a lot of the like random encounters when i didn't have and well i had encounter half on uh but like a lot of the random encounters were also just kind of like they were fine and so mm-hmm. um i enjoyed you know I, I i wiped that first time because i didn't reactivate resurrection uh fast enough but the atmosphere the fact that there are like multiple character swapping puzzles yes the menu tax of like going in and messing with your junctions and then having to heal back up is like a little bit annoying but it's also it's mm-hmm. that's just one of those well it was a playstation one game kind of things for me and mm-hmm. so yeah it was it like the execution wasn't bad enough that i didn't have a great time i think the concept is interesting I think the execution needed more fine-tuning. And that's that's all I'm going to say here. I have much more saltiness about what we'll cover next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll leave it at that. Uh, so, plugs. You can find me and my various podcasts on and off this network, as well as writing from this diseased mind at hellscaper.com. <laughs> Uh, you can listen to me talk with Chris Taylor about 
French elf dragon Catholicism, uh, Final Fantasy XIV, acclaimed expansion heavensward all that uh on the show icons and icons which is available to pitch drop patreon listeners at a buck a month you can listen to boku no stop our anime watch along podcast there's a free version which in which we are currently covering code Gias, and a premium version uh for patron backers where we are currently wrapping up death note movies live action stuff and then we are going to go into serial experiments lane also, you can read my Yuri uh, manga reviews on uh, Okazu uh, occasionally, and also my blog, uh, Oh My God, They Were Bandmates, which is uh, omgbandmates.wordpress.com, where I dive deep into uh, the series, How Do We Relationship. Right now, next to me, I just imported a omnibus of the doujinshi that came out before the serialization. I am in mega deep. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Go check that out. Why don't you just get into something normal like the IDW Sonic comics? <laughs> <laughs> Do I look like a furry to you, Sybil? I'm looking at your beard right now, Mr. St. John. <laughs> <laughs> I am quite fuzzy. This is true. This is true. <sighs> anyway, that's all until next time where we'll be talking about the Ultimicia boss fight and the ending of the game. See ya. Yay. Bye. Catch you around.